We love it when a plan doesn't come together. That's why we're doing the A-Team movie from 2010, a.k.a. how not to do a reboot of a classic show. Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crab all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. Oh, hey, listener, welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast. This is Chris. This week, along with Eric and Brian, I'm forcing him to talk about the A-Team movie because it's terrible. Have you ever seen the A-Team TV show from the 1980s? It's a classic. If you were a kid growing up at that era, you loved it. No holds barred. Loved it. Uh, And it just didn't translate to this reboot 30 years later because it's just flat. They made all the wrong choices, and that's kind of what we're going to talk about, because uh, how not to reboot a classic TV series. This is textbook 101 of that. The A-Team from 2010 uh, just failed on so many levels. It's big, loud, and dumb, and that's literally all it is, Uh, which is too bad, because uh, the show, even today, is still kind of fun in a weird Reagan-era way if you're looking back at that. So hopefully you've got some sort of affection for the A-Team and you can listen to us ramble on about how they just destroyed any goodwill with the movie and uh, missed the boat, as it were. So enjoy. If you like what you hear, you can send us the emails to magnificentlyhugegmail.com. We're also on uh, Facebook, X, formerly Twitter, and Instagram. You can uh, message us there. You can go to our website, maghuge.com. You can find all the links and shows and blah, blah, blah. Uh, if you're listening now, you know where to find us, but we're on you know, the iTunes and the SoundCloud and whatever. If you found us, you're listening. Thank you very much. Uh, so without further ado, we're going to love it when the plan comes together. I'm just going to keep saying that because pity the fool just doesn't sound right when it comes out of my mouth uh, at all. So uh, stay tuned for the A-Team or how not to make a reboot. Thank you. Hey, everybody. It's the Magnificently Huge Podcast. Welcome back. You're not listening to the Magnificently Huge Podcast. You're listening to something else. I'm Eric. I'm Brian. I'm Chris. And together, we're Mecca Shiva, Mecca Shiva, Mecca Shiva. That's a Venture Brothers <laughs> reference. <laughs> Some of you won't get that. That's fine. I laugh That's at anything Mecca. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. He uh, likes the Mecca humor. I'll tell oh, you, I so yesterday I went to the gym, and like at Orange Theory, every day is leg day, right? Like, and then Don't I skip got, leg day, man. Don't skip leg day. And then I got my... Um, my COVID booster, my flu shot, and my final round of the hepatitis A B shots all on the same day. And I am and you're just still standing sore, sore, sore. I'm telling you, like this is why I have no energy on the show this week. I'm just like right Oh, did, we didn't even notice. We just thought it was normal. Oh, okay, what cool. What's happening here? <laughs> I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, that's yeah. how they track you. You know? Yeah. That's- that's you know like how they how they spread uh uh, uh i don't know i don't know i hey. can't actually speak stupid but i i'm <laughs> yeah. sure that there's all something I, wrong there all, all they all do is, is they that, they pay facebook to tell me what what they should be tracking <laughs> yeah yeah all i know is that i was promised 5g with that covid booster and i still haven't received it yeah so wow fuck that 
like you know? it's like the new 40 acres and a mule like where's my 5g yeah yeah where's my 5g can but, i uh, can i share with you it. the best stupid thing i heard in the news from one of these right wing you know by places. all means I, it, it was somebody talking about how you know no one's going to be able to retire anymore and this is true right. nobody can is going to be able to afford to retire and this guy actually says well i don't even think retirement is biblical what what the fuck does yeah. that even mean? you shouldn't you shouldn't be retiring <laughs> anyway because you know I, I mean i didn't quite get past it's not biblical okay. because the bible is not a fucking real thing yeah you know, it's not it doesn't it contain is the facts people. Dude, any you, manner. If, if you want to live your your old age the way it was in the bible then please be dead by age 35 thank you yeah yeah, yeah. i mean <laughs> I mean, it makes as much sense as uh, as old Trumpy there talking about how Biden's too old to be president. Okay. It's like you understand that you're only three years younger than the man. There's so no there's up. no point in trying to make sense of Trump. Like, no. Yeah. No. If you want to do <laughs> the, really... the, co the cognitive comparison between the two, uh, Biden went on uh, uh, the on the picket lines with 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 union organizers. I say, yay. Trump saluted a North Korean general. That's that's pretty <laughs> yeah, much yeah. it. Well, yeah. And the fact that he did that photo op with the allegedly the, yeah, the UAW. Not union people. Yeah, yeah, not union people. And then basically bashed unions and then yeah. begged for the UAW endorsement <laughs> for his campaign. It's like, dude, you're the most disconnected asshole I have ever seen on this fucking planet. It's amazing. Biden has, Biden has a bit of a stutter. Uh, uh, Trump warned against starting World War II. I yeah. mean, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, 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 yeah. I'm not but saying Biden isn't examples. too old. I'm saying these are the choices we're being given. And too old and harmless and fucking that, it's not a difficult decision. <laughs> hey, man, oh, yeah. all, all I'm going to say is I have, I have five words for you. Person, woman, man, camera, TV. Wow. Say you're, no you're a more. You're a stable genius. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Or I'm staving off Alzheimer's for one more day. That's <laughs> oh, pretty fefe. much it. Yeah, yeah. But no, the, the, oh, the problem is it costs so much money to run for office. You kind of have to be an old person. It's like you have to be in your 50s to start. So it's like until we can figure out the, the money thing. Yeah, we're not going to get anybody yeah. young unless I they're mean, uh, independently wealthy. Yeah. Well, the only good thing about the entire uh, circus so far this year is the is how uh DeSantis has just imploded out of the gate and it's just I mean it's just sort of like he 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 puffed himself up because he was such a, a tough anti-woke governor of just Florida such a and then dick it was like yeah let's and see nobody if being a dick gets you elected I can be a much bigger dick and but like his handlers were going well yeah you can be a dick but you also have to have some charisma while you're being a dick and he didn't get that memo and so that was that was my favorite part of the whole thing. It's like, yeah, we all know his politics are dumb, but the the fact that he's a whining bitch and that everyone commented, well, I can't really vote for him because he's a whining bitch. Everyone had the same reaction to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's it's going to be a long haul and it's not going to be fun to watch, but <sighs> what we've learned is that there is no vote that makes it go away. All right, we're gonna have to do there's, something there's other no than vote. <laughs> yeah, there, there's no way at out. At this point, it's we're all figured, waiting for Trump to die for this to end, but then it won't end. It'll just move on to. I mean, it's it's like it's like saying that when Glenn Beck loses his show, we'll return to sanity. 
right? Like, yeah. no, nope. <laughs> we'll just find a different Glenn Beck. We're fucked. I mean, we're so yeah. fucked. Well, anyway, uh, in, that, oh, in that regard, okay. I, I, yeah. I'm sorry, they are fucked. We're going to die like, you know, like in maybe you know, 15, 20 years and then we're off the hook. We get to watch how everyone else is going to have to deal with this shit. And I'm OK with that. I feel like I came in right <laughs> at the perfect time. Fair. I came in while I get the Internet and trees yeah. and everyone, yeah. you know, before and after me, not they don't get both. I like Eric, like 15, 20 years will be dead. And all I can think is what a fucking optimist, dude. I'm going to be around till I'm like 104 if my grandmother's any indication. So uh, yeah, you. How are you going to afford that? Jerk off. What do oh, you need to pay for that with? Yeah. Nobody wants a 98 year old gigolo. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> so my retirement plan is I'm hoping they build the matrix because I really think that that would be a way to reduce our carbon footprint and, and take up less space. If we could all just be brains in a jar and then you don't have to feel all the pain. You can like fly in shit. Like put me, yeah. put me in virtual reality and like, yeah, whatever. Stick me in a, I mean, in a box. You're romanticizing apartment. you're romanticizing the matrix what it comes down to for me is yeah. joey pants just going all i want is a big steak yeah that's all i want is this like, is my retirement okay. plan put my brain in a <laughs> yeah, jar yeah. that's it yeah, yeah. okay okay oh, shit. um man man that's a good turn let's Have talk about some... fresh shit yeah fresh shit this shit is fresh yeah let's do this movies oh. tvs okay. things we've yeah. been watching now that yeah. we've done all that, what's some what's some goofy fun stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I got <laughs> I got some goofy fun fun stuff. Stu- I I don't have any words, but I have goofy fun stuff. Yeah. That's um, your that's your go that's your COVID booster at work right there. Yeah. I told you. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, um, Eric, this this is kind of for you, but it's also for me. My house has decided that we're going to rewatch Star Trek: The Next Generation. Oh my oh. god. Oh my yeah. God. That's and Go you start, last episode complained of three. No, yeah. season three. You can't because I there's am, good stuff in season two and there's I am stuff appalled. that gets set up in season one. So like we're slogging through season one. We are we I'm, are doing <laughs> doing the paying the dues. <laughs> well, how long did Tasha Yar last? Like one, one season or two? Not even all one of season. season one. She, she okay. she's out by before the end of season one. Uh, you're, but, oh, ser- you're seriously doing this. I'm oh, appalled because yeah. last show I I mentioned that you need to watch the Venture Brothers, which is seven seasons. There's about ten episodes each season, and you're like, I don't know. That seems like a bit of a commitment. So now you're <laughs> yeah, doing but our, this. But our last episode was an hour ago. That's not quite. <laughs> <laughs> that's not quite. I'm fair. just astonished. Okay. <laughs> so so in your estimation, when does TNG get good? Um it it gets good. Specifically on the episode Q Who in season two, which introduces the board. It's Borg. literally called Q Who. Yes. Okay. That is the okay. moment where it gets good. And okay. I have the thing is, this is this is about brain garbage. This was about, okay, we're trying to find shows to just kind of be brainless and put on the background. And uh-huh. my son has never seen it. So okay. we're All down, right. we're down this path. And I've there's a site called Let's Watch Star Trek.com that like tells you, yeah, you can skip this one. You you can skip this yeah. one. Definitely skip this one. You know, <laughs> and like season one is just like skip it, skip it, skip it, skip it, skip it. Are you are you bully bringing this up because we're doing an A team episode and no, Reg? No, was this on the is A-team? how shitty my fresh shit is. 
Okay. It is super shitty, if I if I may say. Yeah. I will I will say that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. Good. Um, we're we're we just watched the episode that introduces Deanna Troy's mother, played by um, uh, the wife of Gene Roddenberry, Majel Barrett. Um, yeah. And that's the thing. Isn't like, she like all of these recurring characters are introduced in season one, so you kind of have to just sort of suck it up and get through this stuff. That's crazy. <laughs> so when does uh Wh- Whoopi Goldberg show up? Not in season one. I don't know. Season I know, one is a mess. I, 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 I fizzled three as well. It's when they introduced yeah. uh, t- uh the ten forward bar. Okay. Because I, I when it was there was no common area for these people to have conversations and dialogue except the bridge, and it made no sense. Yeah. Well, I I gotta admit that the uh, the original run I I fizzled out pretty early in season one, uh, yeah, and I never went good. back. So it's, yeah. season one is not is not good. There's so we skipped the second episode, which is called the Naked Now, and my son has seen enough anime and tropes. He's like, oh, is that the episode where all the characters get drunk in some way and they then hook up and stuff? I'm like, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. <laughs> well, that's like on the uh, the original series when they they go on that planet with yeah. those flowers. That, the Naked yeah. Among Us. It's literally a remake okay. of the Naked Among Us, and it's called the Naked Now, and. Okay. And, and yeah, it's it is exactly that episode. I'm like, you're right. And the <laughs> only reason to watch this episode is that that's the episode where Denise Crosby puts on her her most revealing outfit and has sex with Commander Data. Which I'm sorry, I'm not showing hubba, you hubba. the scene with the command with the with the outfit, but yeah, you know, Data apparently can can screw Taja Yar, and that's literally the only thing you need to know about this episode. We can move the on. The phrase yeah, yeah. they use is fully functional. Fully, oh, yes. God. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, there's well it puts me I, the first episode though of season one. I can't remember what it's called, but it is a referred to as at the bar race. point. No, that's the pilot. I mean like the first proper episode. Oh, I think is, it is the naked now. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. The naked now is the oh. one. Yeah, they get all drunk. This is yeah. the one where they where they land on the planet full of uh Africans with very racist stereotypes. Oh, yeah, I skipped that one. And say things like ooga booga booga and fight with spears. <laughs> it was like the, the guy who directed it got fired halfway through because Gene Roddenberry said, this is the most racist shit I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. it, is a, it is a bonkers episode. It's worth watching, even if you don't like Star Trek, just to see how far bad something can go. Something, how our, our, our topic today of, 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 the improper way to reboot something i i right. offer this episode yeah <laughs> well it it puts me on because uh i just randomly had watched a few episodes of below decks recently uh and one of them was the season three opener uh where they're grounded and then there's like a whole thing where they've got to clear the captain of the ship yeah. and etc but they do a bunch of callbacks to other star trek stuff and one of the funniest ones is they wind up in a theme park based on zephram cochran (laughs) (laughs) and the only way that they can get up to their ship is to steal the rocket that's on display that's a ride and you get in and it's like a holographic version of zephram cochran and they play the fucking music uh and the entire nine yards and i actually laugh because i'm like holy crap they actually did a callback to something that I actually understood from <laughs> Star Trek and I felt vindicate. I was like, yes, but all the rest I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. So there you go. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> expect more next generation anecdotes throughout uh, the next, however long it takes us to get. I, here, this here's, 
here's here's what I propose to you, Brian. If you're just looking to kill time with brain garbage, uh-huh. then you need to do the entire uh, series run. You need to like jump into DS9. You need to oh, go over to Voyager. You need to do the whole I, thing. I did that back in college. I don't know if I can do it now, but <laughs> I don't have the time. Okay. Um, okay. And then I'll I'll bring this other one. This one has been sitting around like in in the queue of things I could bring to the fresh shit for a while, and it was just never good enough to bring. But this is how how barren the cupboard is. So at one point we went to the science museum. Because at the planetarium, they are showing this thing called James Hood's Beautifica. Um, James Hood Hood? is apparently the drummer for the Pretenders. And this this is your modern version of a mind's eye video, okay? It's just trippy <laughs> bullshit being projected onto a planetarium while they play this guy's album, which sounds not unlike the soundtrack to every mind's eye video you ever saw. And nice. it's, it's, I was way too sober for this. Like, you really need to go high to this thing, and I was not high. Um, it's mm-hmm. like this new age, but also trance music. And it's, you know, very, very trippy. And then it gets interrupted by this hippy-dippy bullshit where James Hood does this voiceover and he's like, Peace. You and then the flying love pig comes peace. out. No, yeah. it's not even that fucked. It's just, it's just like, you know, tranquility. <laughs> oh my god nature so it's so it's, was this was yeah. this what made you want to watch the the rewatch of tng <laughs> no no <laughs> it's like <laughs> but i did have to okay. make fun of james hood's hippy dippy bullshit a little bit so okay so oh yeah the, if, if your local planetarium is advertising it it's like they've got a quote from some stoner that's like quite possibly the greatest experience of my life is like how they're marketing this thing um and if you go you'll get like a <laughs> better than the like, birth of my child program yeah, yeah. really it's uh, i mean take it from me if you go get high at least get high do not make my mistake do not go sober to james hood's Beatifica. i mean that should be your advice for everything that you're yes. doing yes just get my high. advice is get high it makes all Smokeable. of the intolerable things it, less intolerable yeah yes eat a gummy well you know whatever your your vote method yeah <laughs> yeah, I got, yeah i get yeah. i got high on democracy that's what i did <laughs> <laughs> all right somebody else please make this fresh shit more interesting <laughs> I watched uh, Painkillers on on Netflix, which is the other movie about the OxyContin epidemic. I don't know that's why that's not they the one with the uh, Batman, right? One. Uh, no, that was the first one. That was okay. uh, yeah, I can't remember what that was called, but doesn't matter because this one is uh, with Ferris Bueller as um, Mr. Sackler, the guy who starts the whole thing. It's it's funnier. I mean, I'll give it that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's much it's much more fun to watch. And uh, yeah, Matthew Broderick is Richard Sackler, and he keeps having these dialogues with his uh, dead uncle, um, Raymond Sackler, the guy who sort of made the Sackler name on uh, okay. 
you know, on the back of you know his his the drugs he invented, the the things he did to destroy mankind. Um, right. But what's funny is it's uh, Sam Anderson from the Avengers and Matthew Broderick, and Matthew Broderick is like a week older than Sam Anderson, but he looks <laughs> way older now. It's very it's very odd. It's like it's like God damn it, that's Ferris Bueller. That's that's nuts. Age is not kind to anyone. Um, uh, have you? Sorry, just sidebar. Have you seen No Hard Feelings yet? The Jennifer no. Lawrence thing. Yeah, Ferris Bueller shows up as the dad of the kid that they want to get laid before college. Oh yeah, uh, I saw the preview he, for that. Yeah, and he doesn't look anything like Matthew Broderick now. It's so yeah. weird. It's mm-hmm. like he, he does, but he doesn't. But in that one, he gives off the whole like uh, I'm hip, I'm cool, I'm 45 vibe from kids in the hall. Uh, so it's just sort of disconcerting. <laughs> anyway, it made me think of that. Sorry. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's sad. Oh, to be as young as 45 and to be hip and cool. Right. Yeah. yeah right. 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 <laughs> uh, Gen oh, the and they're, you know, the cruel arrow of time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway. So it's, it's, um, yeah. P- Oxycontin and, and, and people, killing themselves using this drug and yeah it's the same old shit what i didn't know was that it's still going on that surprised me that there is still i guess an epidemic of of deaths with oh this sure drug. yeah yeah but um, what you do is you you take the oxycontin and then you go see a planetarium laser show right if only it were that effective i guess <laughs> i was listening to a podcast where i guess oxycontin is where the fentanyl thing came from because fentanyl is mm-hmm. another opioid. Yeah. Right. It's an and, epidemic. Yeah. Yeah. And so basically the drug dealers could get it cheap and they could cut it into their, you know, other drugs. And that's where it's been spreading. Right. But anyway, yeah. Right. And Taylor Kitsch is in it. And uh yeah, this is I feel kind of bad that he is not, I guess, more widely regarded. He's a really good actor. It's just that he was uh you know, he was John John Car what John something from mars uh john carter from mars yeah oh geez we've we've talked yeah we've talked about doing a show about that oh uh, wow we haven't done because it's yeah because it's like we're all of the opinion that yeah that's actually a pretty good flick but they just killed it (laughs) it's not even that good it's just it's no worse than anything else (laughs) oh yeah yeah but they but they make it sound like it's just this abomination of a failure because it didn't make the back the 300 million dollar budget or whatever should we save it for a future show this sounds like a future show (laughs) yeah we've talked just have so yeah oh boy anyway so So painkillers should i watch it yeah uh if you run out of stuff I, I would uh, yeah <laughs> I would I would watch the other one which I'll know the the the, the name for uh, as soon as at I some point online yeah. Oh. yeah Michael Michael Keaton does a bunch of drugs just that's your Google search Michael Keaton is the doctor who uh, is told yeah you can prescribe it this for pain he says uh, okay and he starts noticing that his patients are you know becoming addicts he's like I wonder what that's all about then he gets in a car accident and they prescribe it to him and he becomes an addict. <laughs> oh it's very fucked up it's that one is is a lot of uh fun in a dark way but yeah the so thing, like i the, like the... other people's personal tragedy so i don't watch these things going oh it's so sad i watch these things going it's kind of funny i mean it's kind <laughs> of funny 
I mean, it's sort of like, remember when he did Clean and Sober, that movie in like 88? So it was like right yeah. before Batman came out and he's in this like rehab movie. And then yeah. Batman comes out and nobody remembers anything from before. It's so funny. And then right after it's the dream team where he's crazy. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> All right. So, what else you got, Eric? So- um, oh, I just want to say, I, and again, I'm not sure if I've mentioned this before, but uh, if you have Netflix, you, you you could do worse than to watch um, I Think You Should Leave, which is like the best sketch show I've ever seen because it is so uncomfortable. That guy's, yeah, he's, I like uncomfortable humor, but that really pushes the envelope for me and I can't actually watch it. It's just because- too much. Yeah, I am bad at that. I can't watch Seinfeld because I am bad with uh with that kind of uncomfortable mm. comedy. But Tim yeah. Robinson ends up making it surreal. That's what I love about it. It just goes so crazy that it comes out the other side. And yeah. it's just genius. Like the guy who can he's at a live taping of a sitcom and the, he's told, you know, they tell the audience, don't say anything because we can pick you up with the the microphones and so as the taping starts he starts talking about you know like a date he was on and how dissatisfied he was with it and just they're like you need to not talk oh i know but it can hear me and i have things to say it just (laughs) (laughs) yeah then they go into the date it's just yeah just a nutty show and i really love it and i can't really say much about a sketch comedy show but you know i recommend Okay. Cool. Yeah. Excellent. Well, that puts me to mind because you had mentioned this last time we spoke uh, months and months ago, it feels like, uh, but you just half half mentioned the Peter Serafinowicz show yeah. on the BBC from like 2007. Uh, and I went, oh God, I haven't seen that in forever. So I went back and all the, all seven episodes or six episodes or whatever are on YouTube and so I watched them all and I forgot how fucking crazy that show is. Yeah. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> Have you seen any of this, Brian? Are you familiar no, with No, no, I haven't. Well, you know who Peter Serafinowicz is, right? Yes. Okay. So back in 07, uh, he got himself a, a, a brief stint where he got his own show and it's sketch comedy, but it's all basically set around the idea of skewering media and TV specifically uh so you get like a an e-news parody called o news uh where he plays a guy named kennedy st king who's just this like mindless (laughs) avatar just spewing all matter of nonsense and it's just ridiculous but he's very enthusiastically dumb if that's a good way to describe it and so they do that and then it peppers in all of serafinowitz's uh like celebrity impersonations like his Alan Alda is fucking crazy. It's yeah. so spot on. But his then Kevin they do Spacey. like his Kevin Spacey yeah. is really wonderful too. But they do, yeah. Then they do another thing called acting masterclass, which is just uh, him doing uh, an actor presenting to all these people in the audience. But it's being taped, and Mike Michael Caine is the first one, and it's just like it's one of the best Michael Caine impressions I've ever seen. They seem it's very important to keep the audience's attention on you and not the other actor. Do you see what I mean? If we were doing a dialogue scene together, and that might happen one day, 
Thank you. What the director would do, he would shoot the whole conversation on one actor. I usually insist on going first. But he does a whole bit where he's like, what you do is you always want to be in the shot, right? So when you're doing a two shot, you know, you film me and then they cut to you, film you. And then when they're filming you, what I like to do is I'll go around and I'll get in the background just so, you know, you're top of mind, <laughs> right? And so, and then they show a clip from what should be like Mona Lisa smile and the, the other guy doing the Bob Hoskins and then they do like the two cut. And then at some point he just walks into the back of the frame while the other guy's giving his dialogue <laughs> <laughs> and like waves. It is so dumb. <laughs> But the one that kills me is so when that, he does that, uh, that reminds me of um a commentary track on on one of the the 80s twilight zone episodes that had gene kelly in it and the 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 guy who was doing the commentary is like gene kelly is the most selfish actor because <laughs> if, if if it's anything other than his close-up he will give a bad performance so you have to use his close-up right right yeah <laughs> Yeah. It's kind of that. Yeah. But what kills me uh, is one of the recurring bits is they do one of the acting masterclass and he's doing Al Pacino, but Sarah Finwitz plays Al Pacino like he's a, a dwarf, like a little person, like like dwarf on golf. I mean, he cuts himself off at the knees and puts the shoes around the knees. So he's like shuffling around like he's a midget. I mean, it's just like, it is so ridiculous, but he's doing like the crazy old version of Pacino, like, oh, oh. Uh, but every time he shows up in like their own news or anything, he's always like this like four foot nothing <laughs> tall actor for no reason other than to just make fun of the fact that Pacino might be short. And it's just keeps showing up all the time. And I it's just ridiculous. I first became aware of Serafinowitz's name uh, from a clip I found online that was from his BBC radio show which was right. the Dalek relaxation for humans uh, meditation yes. tape. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, inhale, calm, exhale, yeah. relax. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. They they do all kinds of stuff like that. Like they have a, like a home shopping channel called the buy it channel uh, where he and the woman are presenting and like, like one of it just like doing this really benign, just stupid like home shopping network thing and then it turns into like he's a vampire and he's trying to turn her and the whole thing just devolves into this chaotic like horror movie thing i mean it just doesn't make any sense but the most off-putting one is the a talk show called michael six where he plays a robot and he's literally doing like a donahue thing but the gist of every sketch is that at some point he he malfunctions and tries to kill the guests and then everybody's <laughs> got to run in and save them. <laughs> and it's just like, you know, it's coming because they do it in every episode, but it's still hilarious. And so oh, that's awesome. I was, so I would, I'd been revisiting this because it's just so balls out nuts because it's only six episodes, but the, <laughs> the impressions are amazing. So I recommend anybody uh, looking for a, a little bit of a, a fun thing go to youtube and just look up paris peter seraphin and show it's good stuff nice so all right so any other questions this week oh not uh, right now no oh oh one one uh youtube find i i recommend you watch if you like me think uh that bill maher is a crusty old cunt who just needs to cut it out already oh um, yes eric heidecker yeah. uh, tim heidecker rather uh has a a show um a podcast and you know a accompanying youtube show but he did basically his version of 
uh, the Bill Maher Club Nowhere thing, Club Random. You know, Bill Maher has this thing, Club Random, where basically he has famous people over to his house and they get drunk and get high and Bill Maher talks down to them for an hour because he's fucking Bill Maher. Yeah. And so he does the same thing uh, with the horrible camera angles, with the talking to uh, Fred Armiston like he's a moron, with drinks all over the house. It's it's so fucking funny. And what, what yeah. I love most about it is, of course, Bill Maher hates it. So, <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> screw Bill Maher. Screw that yeah. guy. I've yeah. had enough of him. Yeah. yeah. He uh he he reached the point where he is not forty five and he's he is he's not hip and cool. Yeah, he had Jim, was it? He had Jim Gaffigan on and uh, he was talking about the writers' strike and he was like, "I don't get it. I don't get why they're striking. Don't they know that it's supposed to be hard to get a job in Hollywood?" And Jim oh, Gaffigan's God. like, "Well, I think they just want to get paid for the work they do. It's not, you know, hey, Mister Gatekeeper, don't worry. They're not going to let more people get work in Hollywood. This is just about the streaming thing." <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that's just the entertainment equivalent of people complaining about trying to wipe out student debt. It's like, well, if we wipe it out for everybody, then all the people that already paid are fucking yeah, screwed. It's like cancer, that's not how that works. all the people who died of cancer <laughs> died of cancer. Get yeah, yeah. no, yeah, I mean, it's such a backwards that's logic, a yeah. stupid <laughs> argument, but um. Hey, shout out to the WGA. They won. Yeah. Like Yay. they straight up won. Like they they got everything they asked for in those negotiations, pretty much. Yeah. So that's that's so the, uh the act, go labor the people. Actors are next. Yep. Actors are next. So huzzah. <laughs> All right. It's good times. Let's talk about the A team, fellas. Can we? Oh, let's. The the A-Team subtitle, How to Fuck Up a Reboot. I think that How to Fuck Up a Reboot is such a great idea for a show, even <laughs> if you don't care about the yeah. A-Team reboot. Yeah. Well, I mean, you look at like all of the, the reboots that they've tried to do of other 80s properties to varying degrees of not success. But like Miami Vice, they did one and that was pretty ridiculously flat. Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, Michael God. Mann just did not do anything with that property. But then it was his the... own property. Hold on. That one. That one bugs. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like, it's not like he didn't <laughs> yeah, get right? what they were no. doing with Miami well, Vice. I, I yeah. put it to you, having watched Miami Vice in the 80s, that he did it perfectly because that show yeah. was boring as fuck. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so so nothing happens. But then you also get like the wave of uh, like they did Dukes of Hazard as a raucous comedy that was just terrible, etc. So it's the same old thing where you've got this IP kicking around Hollywood that has name brand recognition, and so somebody thinks, "Hey, that would be a good movie." So they do it. This one they got in Stephen J. Cannell, who who wrote the original, did a bunch of stuff for TV in the in the eighties, and. I'm just astonished that this is what they chose to do with the A-Team because you could have done anything and yet they decided that they were going to break it up and the first half of their two-hour movie was going to be all about how the A-Team came into being, which you don't need to see. It's the fucking Phantom Menace of A-Team movies. <laughs> it's just not <laughs> that, needed. Okay, so that was that was one of my biggest notes was... Um, so, so full disclosure, I was not a person who watched the A team, uh, right. in the eighties. Not really. Apparently my wife was, so, 
dude <laughs> more power to Jolene because so, that that like for the first three years that it was on that was my show man yeah, yeah so I'm coming at this with a different perspective but I'm having to like check the timestamps right because it's like literally it took 20 minutes to get past the intro credits okay (laughs) and then (laughs) and then they finally (laughs) assemble the team at the 55 minute mark the team is assembled except no it's not because we're going to reassemble the team by the end of this movie all that happens in this movie is the assembling of the team several times (laughs) yeah basically (laughs) yeah basically the entire a team movie that they made 10 years ago uh is the opening paragraph stretched out to fucking 20 (laughs) goddamn hours it's like in 1972 a crack commando unit was sent to prison by a military court for a crime they didn't commit okay we get that these men probably escaped from a maximum security stockade to the Los Angeles underground. Okay, perfect, makes sense. Today, still wanted by the government, they survive the soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you yeah, can hire. Yeah, if the you A-team. can find, if you can find the people that the uh, American military and the Federal Bureau of Investigation <laughs> yeah, cannot find, if you can yeah. find them, they can get you out of a jam. Well, I mean, to be fair, Hannibal wears that Godzilla costume quite a bit because he works on movies and i don't think anybody would be able to know what was going on there and nobody managed to write down on that apb to look for the enormous muscled black man with the mohawk and the feather earrings which yeah (laughs) let me i just i can't count the number of ways that the movie just fails on every level like (laughs) it's amazing it 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 is incredibly okay so so yeah i we also watched a bit of the show and yeah the movie is so much less entertaining than the show um but it's also just the worst script and you know it's going to be bad like at the very beginning when you get like the the little titles on the screen it's like somewhere in mexico and then a couple scenes later somewhere else in mexico i'm oh no (laughs) oh geez right and then then the dialogue with the guys in mexico is like this gringo tried to to bribe the wrong cop and i'm like oh oh dear oh god yes Right. It's, well, here's for me where they where they failed uh, just f- miserably is that they didn't stick with the whole thing of just do in words. Here's our backstory. We're hiring, hiring us to do a thing. Yeah, just and we're going to go do it. A team as opposed do, to whatever this is. Yeah, but it's like they cobbled together like two different versions of the origin story that they thought would be bigger, louder, and dumber than anything else out there and they just sort of frankenstein them. so you get the first yeah you get the first big where where it's like they finally where they they hannibal runs into ba in the mexican desert driving that big black van and oh look we have the same tattoo we're both rangers and then all of a sudden there's like a and now jump forward eight years and oh by the way because they ran into (laughs) each other they're all part of the same (laughs) ranger team or yeah, something this yeah. i i was confused i'm like i'm expecting it to be the a team so they're ex rangers and so they're meeting each other yeah. after being kicked out of the military no 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 they're in the military and somehow because they're buds now they all get to serve together for eight years what the fuck is happening yeah. what i yeah i think yeah. really the problem for me is that it's it's bradley cooper is the biggest name attached and so they wrote a lot for face and they paid right. no attention to the other characters to the point that they just felt like they were there because they're supposed to be there because they're in the TV show. 
you know yeah. it's like there's no real reason for anyone to be in this except for him and hannibal and yeah. it's weird seeing liam neeson sell out so hard it's like is it though so hard is what else does he do that's what he does now yeah, he's got a yeah, very specific sort of set of skills of eric this yeah. is the beginning of all that you know that yeah <laughs> he would still be making 18 movies if you know this had succeeded the way taken had you know okay uh, but well, Liam they had a is exactly plan, it's exactly the problem with this movie so like you look at george prepard from from the tv show right and right. he's this sort of all-american kind of a smug you know guy but he's got a twinkle in his eye and you know and, and he's fucking with people and liam neeson is first of all he's got the irish accent right which so, he tries to disguise so, but which yeah, doesn't very well. work at all so he's he doesn't sound american he doesn't have any of the twinkle in his eye he's he's like dour and and not fun and it's it's exactly the tonal difference between george Prepard and liam neeson that is why this movie is not fun right no. like i mean I, i'll give you fun. that i'll give it, that to you miscast. Yeah, here's where it all falls apart because you can't do the A team without Mr. T. That's the bottom line. It's you could it's if you dude. hired Terry Crews to be the Mr. <sighs> T character, I think. Although I just, actually uh, that guy was okay. That guy was fine. He did the character, the character was fine. They gave him nothing. Had, That's the problem. Yeah, he had he had yeah. zero charisma. The only actor in this entire thing who even uh showed up having done his homework was Charlotte Copley. Charlotte Copley as, yes. as Murdoch. He's the only one that actually got his character. Really? Because my wife sort of was like, complaining about him the whole time. So that's not Murdoch. That's again, not the guy. They didn't give Murdoch anything to be Murdochy about. But his, yeah. I think his approach to his insanity was, you know, right. It's just, yeah. You know, I mean, like, I guess Lord. he's supposed to be like dressing up in costumes and shit, right? Like, yeah. you know. Well, what this, what this, huh. what this movie felt like huh. to me okay. was like uh season four of the a-team where it all just completely <laughs> collapsed in on itself and just and just went terrible in a big way like season four was where they started doing all of the the very special episodes with the cameos to kind of goose the ratings and so that's when you get my very favorite episode ever cowboy george where face <laughs> is trying to book a cowboy band in this like podunk bar somewhere and then he gets boy george by mistake and culture club and it just sort of like yeah. shenanigans ensue. That's the the flavor of season four. That's what this movie is. It's the season four. No, no, that sounds so much more fun movie. than this movie. This movie takes oh, it's itself terrible. way too seriously. Um, it's just big, loud, and dumb. It just doesn't like the the plot is too overly complicated. Uh, the bad guys are just sort of generic, like all the CAA dipshits called Lynch as a big joke, like. Like yeah. they're Agent Johnson from Die Hard or something. I mean, even the joke is not original. And so it's just like, I can't believe that I'm sitting through this. That was what I was. I went and saw it in the theater <laughs> and that was my thought was I'm I'm just going to sit here and hate watch it now because I've already paid for the ticket. And <laughs> God damn it, I'm going to get my, my money worth. and I'm yeah, going to so. see all the movie and it's going to be good. I paid my money and I'm going to see all the movie. <laughs> yeah it's so bad but they always so, do like the here's here's the plan this is the way it's yeah. gonna work 
here's the montage, blah, blah, blah. We're going to make some shit the, out of stuff. The way the plan yeah. in the end comes together is that they are magically at the place where the bad guys are to you know, <laughs> yeah. admit their thing. It's like, that's it's so dumb. That doesn't even seem physically possible. But yeah, I guess the question is then, how do you do this right? Since we're talking about how to fuck up a, uh, you know, what, what are all the things that you need to do differently to get this right? Okay. Okay. Well, hey, don't, yeah, don't do the origin story as the movie that's just not needed it we get it you know what i mean that's the I've, first start. i've got a few things number one get the casting right like yeah goddamn yeah. liam neeson is wrong um like who like who would you do yeah yeah so that like was what you would do with that cast cast like who would you? i i struggled with this right like the perfect person is like harrison ford in 1990 but what year does this <laughs> yeah when he was this is this is 2010 2010 okay. yeah. i mean bruce willis comes to mind as well but again a little too old ah, I, don't, I don't see bruce Quaid, willis is it um ah. could do it although he's a little too facey i don't know it's a tough one to cast isn't it i what mean because you, you have to find a an actor of a certain age uh certain yeah, can pull off, who yes. can pull off yes the, <laughs> the stuff that's a t yeah that's a tough one i really don't know who could like pull it off well it's like the current nobody who's got that kind of like i don't know oh. that sort of world war ii thing you know who they could okay now now this is this sounds stupid what but i'm gonna stick with it because i think i'm right but it's stupid okay. but i think i'm right okay. if we did it yeah probably wouldn't work that year but dave batista dave batista hmm as Hannibal. no i don't see it yeah he's, My, he's too big like hannibal's whole thing was he he's was old not enough now yeah yeah my my wife said ed o'neill could have done it with a wig like <laughs> <laughs> but he would have to do it like uh al bundy that's, no like that's just, just to torture. play against type right a little bit <laughs> anyway um yeah oh get, oh no 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 one. i got it uh uh jeffrey dean morgan there you go I mean, yeah basically yeah there you go basically, that's the losers now, yeah now we're talking about the losers but yeah he could do yeah. it yeah yeah i could see that yeah okay he could pull okay. it off there we go. There we go. We fixed that. So that we fixed that. And here's the other thing, like, again, watching a bit of the TV show versus watching the movie, what they keep doing in the movie is cutting away to the, we're planning the plan from the plan and execution thing. And I get it. It's a choice and it's fine. But what it doesn't do is build up any sort of anticipation for the plan getting done and like well, watching a <sighs> shitty scene from from the tv show where they're like in a fireworks factory and they're rigging everything up to to ambush the bad guys you're like oh it's gonna go off it's gonna go off and in this one you don't get that moment of i'm waiting for it to go out. there's no anticipation right i mean have you seen smoke and aces joe carnahan's movie before this one he's like he's all flash and sizzle but yeah. there's no stake i mean it's just it's amazing how how empty this vessel is when you're watching it. Uh, uh, if the plan if the plan is we're going to throw a guy out of a building and he's got a parachute on and then the parachute's going to open and then the helicopter's going to fly by and catch the guy, there's a <laughs> lot of potential points of failure in your plan. Like, yeah, eh, maybe. that's why Hannibal loves it when a plan comes together because yeah, there's no way that plan's going to come together. <laughs> well i mean it's just like the tv show where it's literally every episode is predicated on the plan coming together over just grabbing a bunch of random trash and making a yeah. like a tank 
That's literally the show. That's something you got to remember with, you know, a team as a property is you're always uh, dealing with silly, stupid. It's like, you can't, you can't judge it too harshly. I I actually judge this more harshly for taking its plan too seriously. That, yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah. It's not, I mean, it's a big, yeah, it's a big, loud, dumb movie, but it kind of thinks it wants to be more than that somehow Mm -hmm. because it's suffering from the being a a summer tentpole. The, the best that on paper scene is, should the, work, but is yeah. the dumbest scene, right? And it's it's about halfway through the, flying, the movie where, the the, where they tank. yeah they got a prop plane that does a barrel yeah. roll, and then we find <laughs> out that this prop plane that did the which also has impenetrable propellers apparently because it yeah. breaks through the canopies of jet fighters and the propellers <laughs> don't get damaged, but but it does a barrel roll with a tank in it, and then the tank gets dropped from a with parachutes, and then they're like shooting the weapons of the tank on the to way down, like. Yeah, this is this is the fun part. And even that, like it could have been more fun. And seriously, here's the other way I would make this better. Hire the right composer. Because whoever did this was playing that scene seriously. And that you might as well just play the A-Team fanfare during this bullshit because it's just crazy (laughs) bullshit. Let's have fun with it. Right. I hate to burst your bubble on this one, Brian, but uh, the music was done by Alan Silvestri. Yeah, well, he's the wrong composer for this movie. <laughs> yeah, you need like Han with it. You need like Hans Zimmer. That's what I say. Oh no, that like would have been worse. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Mothers. But uh, there you go. There you go. That he yes. would have made it weird. Yes. So yeah. So we've so we've recast uh, Hannibal. Yeah. And I I feel like I feel like that works ish. Uh, now on paper, Bradley Cooper should be a slam dunk as face, but like fine. Eric said, they don't they don't give him anything to work with. So I just he was like they, a actually him they yeah. give too much screen time to because he is he was like the name at the time, and I yeah. felt it was horribly imbalanced. Every right. it was basically his movie, and a bunch of guys were in it. I think. which yeah. is so weird be- because the show is literally Mr. T's uh, right vehicle. And then it's sort of over time, they all kind of find their way, but it's still without Mr. T, you don't have a TV show. And yeah. so, yeah, I think you need that rooted. So I think that's what they did here with casting Bradley Cooper is like, you need that uh, one guy to anchor it all, but it was just, I didn't care. And then there's that whole side romance thing with Jessica Beale's character that was just pointless I mean, it was just. Uh, I mean, so, so the so the 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 post nine eleven Republican patriarchy <laughs> vibes are like <laughs> real thick, but like this movie is still one of those movies in twenty ten where like face just grabs a girl, plants one on her, she slaps him, and then they have a passionate kiss. Like, and it's it's like yeah. that. Well, they got history. They got history, right? yeah. man. Yeah. Uh, so it, yeah. So would you keep Bradley Cooper? No, but I say yes. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. But would you would you keep Bradley Cooper as face or? Yeah, I thought he was ideal as face. I thought I thought he did fine. Okay. Yeah. Uh, And then they get this MMA guy, Quentin Rampage Jackson, to be BA. And I mean, he's fine. He acquits himself well, but they make such odd choices with how they're going to do the characters. And so at one point, he's just renounced violence. Yeah, and I guess that's to give him some sort of arc, but it just yeah, it's so tone deaf and doesn't work or something. Yeah, yeah. And which I guess was like, part uh, of his character he doesn't kill in the show. 
I'm told. Uh, well, I mean, no, nobody gets fly. killed in the show. Yeah. Yeah. That's when I stopped watching a team when I realized they, they expend all this ammunition and they never hit anyone. <laughs> <It's so> <laughs> <amazing>. <laughs> but it's so eighties Reagan era. You know what I mean? It's like Jeeps yeah. flip and then guys crawl out. They're shooting AK 47s left and right explosions. Yeah. Everybody walks away. It's such sanitized violence for the rah, rah Reagan era. Uh, and the somehow problem, it doesn't translate, you know? Yeah. The problem with this, uh, um, B.A. Baracus that they've cast is unfortunately, yeah, he does fine, but they basically cast a prop. They don't care whether he does a good job or not. They just want him to yeah. look basically apart. I think Terry yeah. Crews would have been a good choice because he brings something to this kind of insanity. Right. Exactly. I would agree with that. And he's he's got a great sense of humor. So I think he would have mm -hmm. been able to to find the, the deal. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, he would have found a way to make it. Yeah. An Old Spice Which, commercial. And I'm glad yeah. that Mr. T didn't make a cameo right. in this thing. Yeah. Like they shoved in uh what's it, Dirk Benedict uh at the end for no reason. Uh and then who was the other one? I think I think uh Dwight Schultz shows up, right? I can't remember who the other uh, one does was. Does he? Okay. I I didn't catch the I think the I Easter eggs. I've I've totally forgotten. Oh, <laughs> man. Being honest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they, and then and and so Charlotte Copley, you, your wife didn't like. No, no, she's like that's okay. that's not that's not Murdoch. He's not on the screen. I want that character, and he's not here. So okay, interesting. And I'm trying. To, Problem is, like, he did such a good job with that. He was the yeah. show after a while. Who Dwight uh, Schultz? Yeah, yeah. Well, he's just. It's like he Dwight Schultz is his own like. He's one of those people that is that character, right? And everything he does, he's Dwight Schultz. And yeah, yeah, he's unless he's, he's playing Oppenheimer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I yeah, I I yeah, I, I he was just like one guy out of four. And I think by the end of my time watching it anyway, he was the only reason to watch. Everyone was else seemed bored except him. Well, I think Papard was having an issue with Mr. T kind of becoming the breakout star, uh, oh. et cetera. <laughs> and then, and it's weird. Like if you watch the, the pilot Mexican sleigh ride, S L E or S L A Y Mexican sleigh ride, uh, they've got a totally different guy as face. And so when you get the first regular season episode, that's when you get Dirk Benedict, uh, and then he's doing his thing and then it kind of clicks but by the fourth season they've been doing these basic plots every episode and it's like i think people are just tired of it it's like every episode is like oh we got hired we're gonna do the thing we're gonna get somebody caught we're gonna have to build uh, a mecha droid that can destroy everything so that we can walk <laughs> away you know it's just like that's yeah that's the show what do you nutshell. think you came here for this is the a-team yes yeah. that's, that's it's an 80s show sure yeah and so you know they needed more of of that sort of thing you know what i mean it's like here they took it too seriously to the point where it's like we're, we're gonna get all the the stuff we need to make this uh plan work but it's all going to be tech that we're getting from the military. It's like, no, I want to see you build a gun out of like an air compressor yeah. and a, a nail gun. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. So it's, that's what was missing. The, the, the spunky can do attitude. 
of the eighteen is what I thought yeah. was missing from this thing. I wouldn't have minded if the story actually took place from the perspective of the person who needs to hire them and all the shit right. they have to go through to try and find these fucking people. Because yeah. I still maintain there's no way you're going to find, you know, and hire soldiers of fortune who are themselves being sought by every law enforcement office in the nation. Yeah. <laughs> and the military. I mean, it's just it defies uh logic, honestly. Yeah. But so to go back to yeah, your the, original premise, Chris, like how do you do these reboots? I mean, I've been I've been kind of thinking about what's been attempted and even even the ones you know, basically the deal is take the piss out of it, right? Like do, yeah. do do the Brady Bunch movie, do 21 Jump Street, that kind of thing. Uh, right. But but even that, most of the ones that tried to do that kind of flopped, like, I don't know, like Dukes of Hazard or Starsky and Hutch, right? And really the only movie reboot of one of these series that's held on has been Mission Impossible. Yeah, of all, but things. even that's not really the show. It's I mean, not. It's a whole have, different. Have thing. you tried? Like, if you've ever tried to watch Mission Impossible, the show, it is literally impossible to watch because it's, it's just <laughs> so boring. Yeah. Oh my god, nothing happens. And so, I get why they why they jazz that up. But yeah, it's like, do you do the the straight up faithful adaptation or do you tweak it a little bit? Okay, and this I one think I think you like, can. I think you can only do the ironic reboot if the show itself is a cultural icon like the Brady right. Bunch. Everyone knows the Brady Bunch, even if they don't really even if you haven't watched it in 30 years, you know, the inside jokes about Cousin Oliver and Marsha, Marsha, Marsha right. and all that shit. But right. something like Starsky and Hutch, I, I can't tell you one thing about that show. I do. Mm. <laughs> so the idea that you would make like a, a comedy reboot of it, it's like I don't get any of the references. I don't even know why I'm in the theater. Yeah, and I think like the Adams family. So I wasn't super familiar with Adams family, even though it was always on reruns. It just wasn't one that I spent any time on. But when that hit in the nineties, um, they they kind of took what you know the the foundation laid by the show and made their own thing out of it, and that worked, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Well, I don't know for a team. I think they they hedged. It's like they. They kind of went for the the straight adaptation, but then they thought, oh, shit, we need to pepper in some more fun and humor. And it all just feels cobbled together by some sort of majority yeah. shareholder meeting where it's like, we need this, we need that. So you could see studio notes all over this thing, yeah. Uh, yeah. which is too bad. And so it just it's just disappointing from the get go, because literally the first 30 minutes is them meeting and then getting together and then the next 30 minutes is the the caper that they were ordered to do that gets them in trouble and then the movie starts and then it's like an episode of the a-team so you got an hour to kill it's just poor structure i think maybe together maybe the secret is you have to actually like the property that you're doing your your yes of yes like it then these questions answer themselves what do we do for two hours oh this and this and this but like when they rebooted Star Trek, like the J.J. Abrams movie specifically, they wanted to be making Star Wars. And you can see yeah. that all over the yeah. place. It's why it sucks balls. No, you're <laughs> spot on. And that's why we didn't get good Trek on TV until somebody who 
liked it. Likes Trek, yeah. Or at least the, yeah. or they made one that was like, why don't we make one that people who like Trek would like? <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I think they should have leaned in more to the, the parody side of the A-Team because it's so ridiculous anyway. This is not something that you should take seriously, one iota. And so they should have leaned <laughs> yeah. into the, the yeah, bloodless the deaths. Yeah, yeah. It's true. Uh, it's like either it is like cartoony romp or it's a fucking brutally serious military drama. Yeah. And it can't decide what this it wants, wants to it, be. This wants mm-hmm. it both ways. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, it's just flat on every corner. It's just, it's, I was so irate when I came out of it. Cause I'm like, the A team was just my childhood, man. And you just shit all over my childhood. That's how I felt when I came out of this thing. And so I'm glad they didn't get an opportunity to fuck up another one because it didn't make any money. So, yeah. But, but, but now, but, but Liam Neeson and, um, uh, cooper they wanted to make more of these they were like oh, oh yeah. yeah for years after it once it was you know even known this thing was a bomb they were still like are you sure you don't want to make another one of these because it was fun yeah they just want to <laughs> yeah stupid nobody liked your movie <laughs> yeah. i mean yeah the the main thing is like they just shoehorn and stuff like you know uh i ain't getting on no plane that was always every episode just about but then you didn't get i pitied a fool because probably that's trademarked thing for mr t but you also you didn't get stuff like when hannibal is going on about the the plan you didn't mr. get like, the fool did you see how hard they hit that oh man did they literally I has the remember. word pity tattooed on his left hand oh. it's a guy fool but he never said i paid a fool right but he calls people fool constantly you're right they didn't actually say the line but boy did they try to yeah Right, but I mean, but BA never even gets to say Hannibal's on the jazz because every time Hannibal's <laughs> doing a a plan, BA's got to go Hannibal's on the jazz. It's, it's like that's so it's like indelible as a as a childhood memory, and they just didn't didn't do it. It's just this could have been a born movie done as a comedy, as far as I'm concerned, because it's just it's just that dumb. You know what I mean? Uh so yeah, right. how not to do it? Don't. Don't take the original property and then just try to make it your version of cool because yeah. the show is not cool by any stretch. And that was sort of what they tried to do. Give it a veneer of some sort of, uh, you know, action extravaganza, uh, like a Fast and Furious movie or whatever. It's, it's just, just another way this stuff fails. Anything fails when you treat it like product. Yeah. And you'd think the more times they do this and they fail that they'd start to go, Oh, maybe we shouldn't do another one. Yes. It doesn't ever work that way. How come? How come? I don't Because Everybody it. has to pretend they know what they're talking about. I think, I, I, I think it's, that's how you keep your job is you act like, you know what you're doing. And then when it falls yeah. apart, you know how to blame somebody else. Yeah, I guess. Kathleen Kennedy this- still works at Disney. That's all I can say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but for how much longer that's the question ah uh, all right I, I don't know so that, so that about do it ultimately did you did you enjoy your a-team experience with this brian i i enjoyed the Dead clips silence. of the show that i watched more than the movie <laughs> you know what i did as a as a an exercise in uh getting background material i actually watched the season six episode of different strokes where the a-team films in the drummond department <laughs> whoa i didn't know that and, happened yeah Good God. and Ar- and arnold's trying to mac on his brother and his buddy dudley's cousin but she's totally into mr t 
and they're all like 12 or whatever it's just yeah. that's how deep i went <laughs> in my prep for this episode but anything so other welcome. than the movie apparently okay yeah um yeah yeah and, and one of the one of the things that's not the movie is this podcast hey you could, you could subscribe to it you could rate it on your podcast app of choice and you can yeah, check out our old episode of our podcast yeah. yeah, and if you can uh, if you can find us, maybe you can hire. Yeah, never seen a huge podcast. Definitely find us and give us money. That's a good idea. I yeah, pity the please. fool who doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> oh, Eric, Eric's on the jazz. Eric's on the jazz. <laughs> Go to our website, maghuge.com. M a g h u g e dot com. Find all the links to contact us on all the things and and give us money. All right, we'll yeah, catch do, you next week. Do the stuff. Smash the buttons. Click the thing. Thank you. Bye.